welcome to this podcast series designed to help aspiring teachers take those fearful first steps with courage and determination. My name's Andrea. I've been working in the TEFL industry for many years in various roles, including head of studies, director of studies, teacher trainer, and as a freelance teacher. If you've ever felt nervous about starting out as a new teacher, you're not the only one. So many people are taking those fearful first steps after gaining their certificate, but you don't have anything to worry about. Here you'll find tips, tricks and useful tactics to set you up for success in your job in the TEFL industry. Does the idea of teaching an exam preparation class frighten you? Have you often seen job adverts asking for teachers to do exam preparation classes, but you've dismissed the idea because you just don't know anything about them? Or perhaps you think, well, I don't have the experience, so I can't do them. Then this podcast is ideal for you. I've invited Retta Dawson back to talk on the subject of teaching exam preparation classes, but specifically to give you some great tips on how to get started. Retta has delivered a whole range of exam prep classes over her 30 years of teaching. She's helped students at all levels during her years at the British Council and as a freelance teacher, from young learners right through to advanced level students at universities. And she's also trained as a speaking examiner for Cambridge. Welcome back, Retta. Fantastic to have you back again. We've invited you back for this second podcast because we really enjoyed having you last time. And as you've got so much experience to offer these new teachers, I wanted to see if you could help them in in another way and talking about this great topic on teaching exam classes. Hi, Andrea. Well, you know, I'm delighted to, to be back, delighted to be here. And when you say I've got so much experience, that's the way of saying you're very old. <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> Try not to talk about age too much on this podcast. No, we're not going to do that. No, seems, no, no. It seems to come up uh, a fair few times, though, because we're all <laughs> we're all rather more experienced teachers. Um, talking. Yeah, about this it's just a number. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a number, exactly. So, as I mentioned in the introduction, we're going to be talking about exam classes and getting your views and information about how new teachers can get involved in exam classes, but most importantly, why they should get involved. So what I thought we'd start with perhaps is a story from yourself. Can you tell us a story about something funny or embarrassing that happened to you when you first started teaching exam classes? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Tell I can us. tell you something funny or embarrassing about anything. I remember <laughs> we were talking earlier, you know, like was there which which kind of story to go for? Funny, embarrassing, a compliment, or where I learned a lesson or something. I actually have one from my very, very first uh, exam preparation class that kind of covers them all. Yeah, okay, here, here's this one. And I'm not going to name any names. I'm just going to use the name Juan. So when I first started doing the exam classes, I was probably only mid-20s, and I always looked much younger than I was. And I was given this class of uh, adolescents. We're all about 18. Um, we looked at all about the same age. 
And I noticed, you know, there was one guy that was really attentive in the class, always smiling, always putting his hand up. And I thought, oh, what a good student. Until we came to the, the first mock exam. So we were practicing, let's say it was the writing. And he had chosen, this, this guy had chosen the narrative. And the title of the first line of it was, we were driving along a dark country lane and suddenly a car ground to a halt, dot, dot, dot. And then to finish the, the story. And walking back was, I mean, it was more than inappropriate. It was extremely embarrassing, a wee bit scary, and it involved me, and it was more than risky. I was like, what to do, what to do, what to do? I mean, I really did go into a bit of a panic. And I thought, right, do I go upstairs, you know, to, to the bosses? And I thought, do I phone his parents? What do I do? And I thought long and hard about it, and I thought, no, I'm going to give him zero for this, and I'm going to give him a second chance. So when I gave out the papers following class, he could see that he'd been given a big fat zero. Said nothing, head down the whole class. At the end of the class, I was one, you need to, yeah. And I said, you know what I'm going to talk about? Oh, and he was red in the face and watery eyes. And I said, you do realise that I can take this upstairs, we can phone your parent. He said, no, 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 don't, don't, don't. You know, I'll be kicked out. I'm like, okay, I'm giving you zero for this, but I want you to go home this weekend. I want you to, to do another piece of writing, another essay. I'll mark it and then we'll never say any more about it. That's it, it's forgotten. Oh, oh wow. thank you, thank you, thank you. Off he went. Back came the 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 second piece of writing. It was excellent. I mean, he really was, you know, a good level. He got an A in the in the exam. He left the, um, the young learners, and that summer I got a letter in my pigeonhole at work. Saying basically, you know, like, had I realised that, you know, he was in love with me. Here was a photograph so that I would never forget him. And <laughs> thank you for being the best. You know, I was mortified about the whole thing. So anyhow, let it go, let it go until a few years ago. And I finally, somebody finally made me get a Facebook page. I got a friend request and it was from Guess Who, Juan. After all these years, and it was maybe 20 years, he apologised <laughs> He just wanted to thank me, apologise, and then right at the end, spoiled it all by saying, but you can't blame a guy for trying. But yeah, but that kind of rolled everything into one and I learned a lesson. And I mean, I think, although I was young and inexperienced, I tried to treat it with caring, with kindness and with understanding, but being firm. And I learned a, a lesson there and I still do that. And although I've never had anything inappropriate again like that, thank goodness. Yeah. Oh, it sounds to me like you handled it all exceptionally well, Loretta. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that story. <laughs> so let's let's talk a little bit more about exams in general. It's interesting, really, because in my experience, a lot of teachers shy away from teaching exam classes. And I'm going to be really honest, Loretta. I've always shied away from them myself. It's not something that really... I was confident about doing, I just avoided them. And I think that that's one thing others shouldn't do. And that's why I wanted to invite you today to talk about this, because I'm pretty sure that if I had done it, if I had taken the leap of faith and done it, um, that I would have enjoyed them and I would have been able to get m more classes. 
And we know that new teachers effectively are looking for more work. That's the name of the game in terms of what they're doing right now, straight after they're getting their certificate, they're looking for work. So tell us, why should new teachers put themselves forward to teach exam classes? What, what do you think is the reason they should do that? If I could just pick up there what you said about shying away, first of all, because the reasons, etc., for shying away, I think are shorter than for why they should. I mean, I think the reason that people shy away from taking on something like sort of globally world-renowned exam preparation classes is the same thing that we all shy, same reason that we, or the same reasons that we all shy away from anything. It's fear of the unknown and it's fear of failure. And I think also the feeling of responsibility and having a duty to your students to get them to pass, I think that can put pressure on people as well. I think you've just really got to get yourself out there um, that you maybe every part of your body is going, no, 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 no. But I think you should push yourself and say, yes, I can. I mean, the whole thesis of what these exams are based on is what the students can do, you know. So I think it's what you can do as well. And I think you should remind yourself as a new teacher that you just put yourself through, you know, 120 hours or so of quite, a, you know, a very enjoyable course, I hope, but also a very demanding, grueling course. And if you can do that, you can certainly do an exam preparation class. To go back to things that you mentioned in your, your previous podcasts, Andrea, I mean, you've spoken about hard work, perseverance, determination. You know, you definitely need that when you're going to go in for doing exam preparation classes. Thanks for bringing that up. I appreciate that. Actually, in that same podcast, which was is talking about strategies of finding work, we talk about finding a niche uh, in the market for mm-hmm. new teachers so something really specific that they can specialize in or become an expert in in order to to teach something different to their students and exam classes is a great example of that I think completely if you have a look nowadays <clears throat> online or wherever you're looking for you know job searches and job seekers so many of the job uh, the jobs that are out there, the jobs available out there in English language teaching are asking for people who will teach exam classes. And you might say, oh, I've got no experience, but none of us have any experience when we first start. And I'll tell you, you'll learn really quickly. You'll be amazed at how quickly you you adapt and how you pick up the the way or the style to teach an exam class. And I think there's a benefit here as well, which although you do have to do a lot of preparation at the beginning, it's also, these exams are extremely prescriptive. So really there's an A to Z there for you, from the teacher's book to some wonderful online uh, sites now, the web pages, which we'll talk about later. Uh, there, there is so much out there to help you. So in in some ways, this is one of the advantages to teaching then. It's not a particularly 
um, creative type of class in, in which teachers have to find their own materials. There are actually materials ready, prepared, tell them exactly what to do. So that's a, that's, that's a real advantage uh, starting to teaching. Out, I think it's a wonderful, wonderful uh, advantage. I mean, you're doing double things. As you say, you don't have to constantly be coming up with your own new material. I mean, you can be creative in the way that you present it at the beginning, but you still have to do what you have to do. As well as, as you mentioned, Andrea, you know, like the, it kind of opens up more job possibilities. Your potential for getting classes, it kind of goes off the scale a bit when you can do, when you can offer bit by bit more and more of these exams, you know? I mean, in my Um, experience working in the academies, it was always a challenge finding teachers who would be willing to take on exam classes. So I think if there's a willingness, doesn't really matter if there's experience or not, but there's a willingness for new teachers to take on those exam classes. They are really going to corner a part of the market. They're not many other teachers will so i think that it is a good thing i think that this is a, a great advantage i totally agree Andrea. and get in there the sooner the sooner the better really push yourself at the beginning because the rewards of you have more chance of getting employment you boost your cv or resume more people are going to be more interested in employing you the other thing is you can also make a little bit of extra cash by doing private classes. You'd be amazed at the amount of private classes that there are maybe a month or two before these official exams when students are looking to to revise, to brush up. Um, So there are two benefits for you there. You'll get a little bit of extra cash in your pocket, but also you're going to get to practice, usually on a one-to-one basis, putting in uh, all these ideas on how to teach preparation, uh, exam preparation classes, you're actually getting to practice them on a one-to-one basis. It really is a massive advantage. So we're we're talking a lot in general about the exams and reasons why uh, new teachers should take them on and why they shouldn't shy away from them. So, but let's just talk about what are the most common exams Mm. in the first place? Because as new teachers, they really may not be familiar with them. And and they can be complicated sometimes to remember all the different names and all the different providers. And and also you mentioned that they're changing some of the names. So that's probably going to cause some more confusion. But just to keep it nice and clear, could you mention a few of the typical most common exams that these listeners can can relate to? The ones that I'm going to talk about are the ones that are most common at the moment. And those are the Cambridge exams. I'm going to pick out three of the most common ones, the most popular ones, and the ones that uh, most employers will be looking for you to, to offer. And those are B1, preliminary. You might hear it called PET. As I said, things are changing. Uh, the, the next one, which is the most common one, without a shadow of a doubt, is the most common one, is now called B2 First. And it used to be called First Certificate or FCE. And the third one is the next one up from B2 First. It's C1 Advanced, which used to be called just Advanced or CAE, Certificate of Advanced English. And so you'll probably hear a mixture until it all settles down into what they're all going to be called. 
And those are definitely the three that I would say start finding out about. So how should these new teachers listening in go about preparing themselves for giving exam classes? Yeah, what, what would you say should be their first steps after listening to this podcast? Now, so you do a lot of reading, a lot of preparation, testing yourself. If you can remember, you know, which part of which paper fits in where, how many marks, how much time is allocated, etc. This maybe sounds rather daunting at the moment, but believe me, when you start having a look at it, it will all become clear. And especially now that they've really standardised the criteria, the format for each of these exams, once you've done one, you're going to feel more confident about tackling another. The other thing, the wealth of websites, practice tests, tips, tactics, tricks that are out there on the the internet, which also we're going to talk about in a minute or two, also fantastic. You know, there is so much out there to help you. But the thing that we should never forget, and we've spoken about, or you've spoken about this in, in previous podcasts as well, Andrea, your fellow teachers, people who have been doing them for a while, I mean, I remember when I started and I was really nervous and all that, I asked um, one of the more approachable teachers if I could go in and she said yes and watch her doing uh, B2 first, which was then birth certificate. And she said, um, come in as often as you want. And I actually went in two or three times and then I asked her to, because I trusted her, said, would you come in and, and watch me now? We're now the firmest of friends, you know? Oh, that's uh, a nice I mean, don't be, don't be frightened to say, I need some help. And also, and I think you would agree, Andrew, I think we were talking about this before, that the academies or the schools where you go, if they are offering these exams to their students, then they should also make sure that they are offering plenty of support and backup material for the teachers who are going to prepare the students for these official exams. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. In my experience, academies generally provide books and information and can give you as a new teacher, some support and some guidance on on what they can expect from the classes, etc. And and you're right, Retta, we talked about helping each other and asking colleagues to help each other in the podcast, five tips to get you through your first year or two of teaching um, in that podcast with my colleague, Francesca. So yeah, absolutely. It's a good idea to get involved, ask for help, talk to your academies about information that they can sh- share with you and do lots of reading as you said and get mm. uh, swat up on all the information i mean you're, you're you're absolutely right i mean we need to really start practicing what we preach you know we say to our students you've got to learn by doing it you've got to get out there practice your speaking do this do that well we've got to be willing to learn by doing as well and saying to you know like we say to our students don't be frightened if you don't understand something you know like i don't mind explaining a hundred times just tell me when you you know the important thing is that you know you grasp it and that you feel comfortable with it well you need to be like that yourself a lot of times teachers new teachers don't want to to ask they're embarrassed 
to ask, you know? I mean, I remember feeling like that. You suddenly feel you've done a course and you're supposed to know everything. And I know we've said it before. I think we said it in the first podcast. And yeah, you don't know everything. You're going to be learning for the rest of your life if you stay in, in, in teaching. So don't be, don't be afraid to ask. People, people want to help. Fantastic. They want to pass on their knowledge, you know. Fantastic, exactly. Which is exactly what you're doing here. And what can you tell our listeners about the the CEFR levels that you mentioned earlier? Now, the CEFR is the Common European Framework Reference for Language Levels. And that goal is not only for English. It's been standardised criteria that goes through most of the European languages, French, Italian, Spanish, etc. And it shows you, it's based on what students can do from going from being a basic learner to an independent learner to a proficient learner in each language. Okay, And there it tells you what the students are expected to be able to do to get a C pass, a B pass, an A pass, if they're doing the B2 first or the B1 preliminary or the C2 advanced. They they tell you, they explain it very clearly what the criteria are for for getting different marks. So I would get right onto Wikipedia or onto the, the official website. And the another website, which is great for helping you with all of these things and questions and doubts is cambridge.org. The other thing that I would also be doing is a lot of reading and a lot of swatting, you know? Fantastic. So that you can do it before you go for job interviews. So even if you don't, you know, like have a lot of experience or you have no experience of teaching a class, a paper, an exam preparation class under your belt, you can tell them that you know what's actually in the exam and yeah, the format. Yeah, great idea. No, absolutely. You know, great and idea. you're going to get the job be before someone who maybe has more experience than you do in terms of general English, etc. You are going to get the job. Yeah. And we keep coming back to this point. This is going to be key for new teachers if they want to find work and they want to get offered more hours. So you mentioned a couple of websites. And just to mm. kind of finish off with the the information you're sharing, Retta, you mentioned that you were going to be able to provide some other websites as well. What, what are you going to do with that now for the listeners? Well, for 5,000 euros for their documents, <laughs> I am willing... No, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Of course, I'm kidding. I mentioned the Cambridge.org. Fantastic website because they obviously are really trying to promote their own exams. It is so clear, so prescriptive itself in a site. It's fantastic. Uh, they've got past papers. They've got everything on there. But there are other websites that are really very good that you might, if you have been looking, there's Flojo, there's Exam English, there's Exam Tips. And what thought we could do, Andrea, is provide a Word document with a list of really good websites. There are a lot of good things out there and there's a lot of crappy things out there as well. I'm allowed to say crappy on your podcast. <laughs> well, we'll go for it. <laughs> uh, so, um, and these ones I have tried, tested, used, enjoyed learned from, used again, passed out to other teachers, passed out to students over many years now. 
and I'm going to pass on the, the Word document to you. Fantastic. Okay, so what I'll do then is I'll make that available to anybody who wants to contact me via LinkedIn. All you have to do is look for my name that you'll find in the podcasts and search me on LinkedIn. Send me an invite to connect and then let me know that you're interested in this Word document from Retta and I'll pass it on to you. No problem at all. And that's really kind of you, Retta, to put that all together for us. Um, I'll put up a bank account number to deposit the 5,000 euros as well, okay? Haha, <laughs> you can try. <laughs> At the try. end of the document. You can try. <laughs> I am kidding. <laughs> hey, nice try, nice try. <laughs> well, I think that you've really shared some wonderful insights, your best thoughts, your best recommendations, and you've given some some concrete tools and ideas as well. And I feel that those that are listening to this will be able to crack on straight away and and definitely, definitely should crack on straight away as well with getting to know a little bit about the exams, what the classes are like, and then just say yes. Go out there and defy fear and say yes to exam classes. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Get out there and go for it. And you can do it. Believe me, you might think that you can't at the beginning, but you can. If I can do it, so can you. And I loved it so much, you know, and I very quickly just wanted to say something there. You might find that you that becomes your thing. You want to just work with a certain level, with very young learners doing exams and preparing them. It can become your speciality and then you'll become really sought after. Absolutely. You know? Fantastic. And we're going to end the podcast there. Thank you very much, Rita. It was lovely to speak to you. Always a pleasure, Andrea. And I wish everyone out there good luck. Go for it. You can do it. Thank you very much for your time. And thank you, everyone. Hope you have a great day.